This might not be the best holiday you've ever had, but you'll probably have an okay time. There's a bug in there. So episode 20, um, we are here to talk about a couple records that we assigned to each other last week. Um, Carl Grashit and I'm Steve Ellis, and we're joined by Sarah Cummings. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she, Carl and I did the assignments, and mine was snail mail lush from 2018 carl's was pig destroyer head case also from 2018 head cage uh so we're recording a day before christmas eve you're right steve we're recording this the day before christmas eve mm-hmm. according to my calendar and then i'll try to get it out right tomorrow too because we don't have no work tomorrow <laughs> except for getting all those presents got to get some presents for people that's what you have to do tomorrow yeah Sarah, Sarah's using her like, um, that's right, Pete. We love your sweaty balls and um, we, we just can't wait to try them. Um, you've never seen that SNL skit, either of you? No. It's like... Uh, ASMR? No, yeah, but it's like Alec Baldwin is Pete sweaty and then it's... What, what's, her, what's her face that plays Mary Catherine Gallagher? Shannon? Darty? No, on SNL, she's like... <laughs> She played Mary Catherine Gallagher, was oh, Molly Shannon, and yes. Maya Gasteyer, maybe. I told you I don't watch that baby Anna, stuff. No, Anna Gasteyer. Yeah. It's so they're like NPR hosts, and they talk like you were just talking. They're like, but they're talking about holiday treats, and the guy's name's Pete Sweaty, and he made the <laughs> holiday treat Sweaty Balls. It's like a classic SNL skit, and they're like, "My Pete, your balls are moist and sweaty." Like you've never. Mm-mm. I mean, I think it was clear right away that we didn't know what you were talking about and it <laughs> continued to describe it didn't help. I don't know anything. No, I don't. We don't watch that baby stuff. <laughs> SNL from the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, that's what you sound like. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're in a tunnel. That's what your mom sounds like. <laughs> Stop talking about my mom. <laughs> you got mail. <laughs> Listen, sorry if it's a little echoey. We're recording in the new house and the kitchen dining room area and it's a little echoey. So deal with it. I'm sorry. We forgot to bring furniture. I think you don't own any. We don't anymore. We don't have any chairs. There are hardly any futons. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason that you invited Yanni, Sarah, and I call her that because she's yawning right (laughs) as I'm trying to talk. Yanni? Everyone on this podcast is going to guy have narcolepsy. Oh, this I come on them. Okay. Pete, these are so sweaty. He's boss. No one knows what you're talking I about. I guarantee you everybody that listens to this podcast knows about that SNL skit. Uh, Megan. Megan. Report back. Ryan. Scott. I feel like Ryan doesn't know what that is. Uh, you wanted to invite Sarah on tonight because next week or like during this week, are we taking a week off? I don't think so. Okay, I didn't think, I didn't think, but you wanted all of us here because you're going to challenge us to do something that's not listening or watching. Yeah, and I thought that, um, well, you guys can let me know, but I thought we would do the assignment this week and then record next week so there wouldn't be a week off. Yeah, that's fine. 
Okay. Or how would we take a week off? <laughs> you just said that. Let the record show I did not. <laughs> That's not fair. You're able to edit yourself out. So I, I wanted, uh, I thought the three of us, I, I'd be really surprised if I could see maybe Sarah has done this before, but I would put money on the fact that Carl, you have not, and I have not. So I thought that the three of us could all do um, deprivation tank sessions this week. Whoa. Okay. I have not. I only kind of know what it is. Can you tell me more about it? Um, I don't know a whole lot, but I know that it's uh, salt water. And so, and they look from what I could see on the internet, the um, pods, if you want to call it that, look like maybe twice the size of a tanning bed. So not small, but not super small, not like claustrophobic small. And then um, it's salt water. And so you f- kind of float in it. But you're breathing? What's happening? I hope. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you're alive. This isn't like a Jim Jones situation. <laughs> uh, well, because you're, I'm not sure if your ears are under, but you're, the deprivation is like, it's completely silent. It's, um, your muscles can complete, you don't have to hold yourself in any way. And you're like suspended in this water. Uh, Alicia's done it. And she said that it was, she was euphoric when she left and that it helped, uh, some pain or discomfort that she had in a way that nothing else has before. I'm ready. I heard, I heard Jeff Bridges talk about doing that on Mark Marin podcast. Really? Uh, he probably, if I was Jeff Bridges, I'd probably just have one in my house. Well, that's just like your opinion, Steve. <laughs> Did he have to go to a place that doesn't, it seems like he has too much money to go to a place. No, I think it was his, or like maybe he said he went to one like several decades ago. I think you have a couple options um, as to where you go in Newark. I remember seeing a bunch in Michigan. Really? Yeah. I said, yeah, there was like three around us. I didn't know there was any nearby. Yeah. So let alone here. That's cool. I'm totally down for this. Yeah. I think it's like been um, growing in popularity like silently because I don't hear a lot about it. But if you look it up, like there's, I'm sure it depends on where you live, but we happen to live in a place that's groovy enough to have them. So I'm excited for this, but I'm a, a little concerned. Should we be, I wonder if we'll have any trouble getting an appointment, I guess is what I'm thinking. If it's like the holidays and people are off normally, if they work for a decent company. Yeah. Well, I figure you have the, maybe you have the flexibility to book an appointment around you or in Philly. And I certainly yeah. could come down there if for some reason it was booked up up here. Okay. Oh, so do you, do we want to all go at the same time? No, I, th- I was thinking that it would be easier if we d- each did it in our own time. I mean, you guys obviously would have to coordinate, but. Cool. Can I bring my headphones? No. I'm just kidding. Do you have a waterproof uh, Walkman? Yes. You could ask them. They're going to say no though. No, that's the whole point is to deprive your senses. That's, what, that's exactly what they're going to tell you. And you'll be like, but I just got this Prince tape. 
<laughs> but I'm going to document with the microphone so you can hear the sounds of silence. <laughs> I love this assignment. Yeah, I'm excited. Too. Good job, Steve. It'll be funny when it just says episode 21, sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> 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 That's why I want to do a better job of documenting with, with audio, like the journey there. And then afterwards talk about, and then we can play that for the listeners. Talk about. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> when you're both in there, you'll be thinking about that deep voice like spirit. No, no, no. No, you better not. Don't even put that in my head. I'm going sh- to open your tank when I'm no, there. You and better go. I'm going to yell in there. Oh, no, no. You're going to get banned from the spa. Hey, my wife wants me to um, tell her something. Can I, you open the hatch? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so pissed at you. <laughs> I won't do it, but I want to, but I won't. Uh, okay, let's do it. Wow. Good job, Steve, on a recommendation. Thanks. The first Noel was a damn good Noel. They did some cool shit in a Jesus town. The first Noel, the first Noel. Okay. No, no, don't leave. Give me a song of the week. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Here, I'll pull up Spotify for you. Um, let me maybe look for my phone. Uh, Kevin, you no. go while, while she's trying to decide if she's ever heard a song before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to add a song called My Body's Made of Crushed Little Stars by Mitski. Wow, what album? It's called Puberty 2. Oh, yeah. I, um, I've been meaning to get into that, but I have not. I like it. I'm going to add, there's a, a song by Goat and... You guys know Goat? You, Sarah knows Goat. Kevin, do you know Goat? You know Goat. I feel like I heard the name. Well, I'm going to add, they have a song that I think is maybe from a, an album that's coming. Um, it seems like a single situation um, and it's called Let It Burn and it's real hot. Usher had a song called Let It Burn. Really? Why does it say fans also like the Black Angels? Are they like psychedelic? Yeah, big time. Oh. Swedish maniacs. I almost put some Black Angels on here hmm, today. I don't know them. You never heard Black Angels? Oh, good. Okay. Mm-mm. Don't listen until I ask you to. <laughs> okay, Sarah, your turn. Um, okay, I can't remember what that song's called, and I didn't go to look for my phone. So I'm just going to do uh, a song that I like a lot from this year, which is uh, Florence and the Machine, Patricia. It's about Patti Smith, who is my favorite. Oh, I've never heard that band. And um, you've probably heard them ambiently, but yeah. Um, great. We did it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sarah. I'll see you soon. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Steve. Bye. I think that this is a Christmas song, but I forget the words. So just say that that I love this podcast so Steve I had you listen to Snail Mail's album Lush 
And again, I had never really, I listened to it maybe twice before I recommended it to you. You dirty and dog. I told you that last week. Oh, I didn't remember that. <clears throat> you, don't, you don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but anyway, I, I came across it because I was looking at it like a Mitski was on a best albums of the year list and she tweeted it out. So I clicked on that and then I found other artists that were also on that list and snail mail was one of them. Tweeted it out. Tweeted it out. She's from, um, I think Baltimore ish. Yeah. Ish. And like relatively younger artist, which is impressive when you listen to this because it's really good. I think, um, um, that's really all I know about her and this album. So I'm interested to hear what you think. I enjoyed it. Listened to probably three, four times. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know anything about this. I I feel like I saw the name, but was just like, eh, that's not for me. I don't need that. Um, <laughs> but I did. I was wrong. I needed it very much. Um, I've definitely listened to this more than any other. Uh, thing that you've assigned me in the oh, week's wow. time. Like I've been listening to it at least twice a day. Um, and it, uh, I'll talk about the album art first. It's perfect. Five bugs in there for the album art. Um, just feels it's so straightforward, but so well done. Um, it's just a portrait of, um, what's her name? Lindsay. Lindsay uh, Jordan, um, kind of with a blue backdrop with a red spotlight on her face, like kind of an expressionless um, po like a face, and it has um, handwritten snail mail and then the name of the record Lush in this like fat red border. It's perfect. It couldn't be better, and. I like how the, all the singles have a similar, um, it's the same two colors, the red and blue, but they're, most of them are, one of them has another portrait, but, um, most of them are abstract, uh, shapes in the space where her portrait is on the record. Um, so it's just fun how they tied together and, um, kind of has a, I mean, it's on Matador, but it has like a very, the packaging feels very uh, homegrown DIY. The expression is kind of like, oh, again, what? <laughs> it's yeah, it's like it's a slacker face, right? For sure. Yeah. Um. So, I've some some ways that I'd describe this record: laid back Americana on a mission, dreamlike, watery, melancholy tired but passionate resigned to keep trying um it kind of sounds it has like a 90s sound um i feel and which is maybe big right now like indie excuse me like indie rock 90s vibes um but it reminded me of uh in terms of attitude uh courtney barnett and a little bit rainer maria although rainer maria was like a lot more, um, energetic. Um, but also Tom Petty, like mm. I can't necessarily explain why, but he kept coming up for me. I think in that kind of like, um, 
it does it it does sound like Americana to me subtly. It's not like uh, you know I've heard other things that f- you you could apply that word to uh, more easily, but this is kind of like a just a touch of it. Did it feel to you that it was like it's kind of melancholy, but didn't really care that it was the album? Yeah, yeah, definitely like some a- a- kind of apathetic, but hopeful in a mm-hmm. way. Um, I, I wrote, how, how does this sophistication come from someone so young? This sounds like a person who has lived an entire life full of joy and sorrow. Teenagers haven't made music this good since silver chair. Uh, this is like watching a baby break dance or a grandmother win a freestyle rap battle. <laughs> There's no way snail mail is real. I think snail mail is a hoax or a case for reincarnation. It's a good haiku. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, she was, uh, I don't know if you've listened to the first EP, but um, it's called Habit, and she was 16 when that came out. And uh, she was 18, I believe, when uh, Lush came out. So this is just, it's hard to believe that someone so young is writing music like this. It really is. It really does feel sophisticated and um, really smart songwriting and really um, just resonated uh, a lot for me. And it just came at a good time. I've been having um, a lot of challenges at work and came home and listened to this record. And right away, like the intro had me i was like whoa this is really really good and i was recommending it uh i sent alicia a text about it like the third song in i was like you have to listen to this it's amazing sweet yeah and the whole like what's nice about this record is it really feels like a um a statement like it it's a it's a full piece um it kind of adds up to this like uh full expression of whatever you want it to be about whatever she wanted it to be about. But like, there's no, to me, there's no hierarchy to these songs. They're all, uh, great. And they all kind of, uh, pull their own weight. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I did, a. there's, this segment's going to be called this album is, um, so this album is feeling stuck, hurt, hopeless, lonely, lost, but determined to find something better. This album is a painful childhood demanding another chance. I swear I could do it better. This album is seeing an ex on the internet, having your, having your breath taken away just for a moment. This album is the realization that it's been 19 years since my grandfather died. How could that be real? This album is crying in traffic, listening to a touching story on the radio, hoping others don't notice, then remembering everyone else is too busy texting while driving to care about me. This album is the thought that I may never love myself the way I deserve. This album is the realization that I'm enough now. I've always been enough and I'll always be enough. So it was just like really moving and, uh, over many, many listens. Like I'm still, I listen to, I've been listening to both like this record and the first one, um, pretty much 
every day. I've never heard you talk like that before. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what this record did to me. I thank you for sharing that. That was was very, very enjoyable and moving. Thank you. Yeah. And I I think that um, there are moments in, you know, I don't, I usually don't spend a whole lot of time uh, with lyrics because I, I think I find that I, I bring my, I'm, it's a, the songs are evoking things in me that like, sometimes it feels better to not know exactly what they're about because they can be about something for me, you know? Right. Um, but there's moments that felt when I talked about the sophistication earlier, like in heat wave, which was probably one of my favorite ones on there. Um, she says, I hope whoever it is holds their breath around you. Cause I know I did. And it just felt like really poignant to, to think about, um, you know, ha- a person having such an impact on you that you're, you're like holding your breath for what, I mean, it, you could probably draw different conclusions about why. Um, but that just felt powerful to me. And then the video, have you seen the video for that song? No, it's really funny. She's, um, playing hockey and it's like rave. It's like, um, uh, what do they call night? Um, neon bowling at night. (laughs) Global. Yeah. It's like global edition of this ice hockey rink. It's at night. There's like all these neon lights and the, the puck is glowing and she's playing with all these grown men. And at one point she gets in a fight with them and she's like completely beating their asses and then is like hitting the puck into at their faces like one by one. That sounds awesome. It's pretty amazing. Um, and it's a funny juxtaposition. Like for me, it was a really moving, really uh, heartfelt song, maybe about heartbreak. I mean, that's what it evoked for me. But then the um, the video is kind of funny. Like it made me think of how the Foo Fighters have made like a bunch of really goofy videos in the past. What's cool about this whole project and this podcast is that you never know what like assignment's going to like move you in a way you didn't think would be possible. Yeah. Um, so I have a haiku. I went um, light on this since my other section was uh, about feelings. Um, Hungry ghost is here. Feed it the recycling. That's two birds, one stone. And I want to add heat wave stick and golden dream. This is a, f- maybe, I think this is a first for me that I'm giving this one five, uh, five bugs in there. This is one of the greatest albums I've ever encountered. Even though I hadn't heard it before, listening to it was, was somehow as if a piece of myself was being revealed uh, to myself, as if the album pierced through time, space and time to reveal a part of myself to me. I am forever indebted to you for sharing it with me. We are now blood brothers. That's amazing, dude. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, easily. No no contest. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> From Stevie and me and Sarah Cummings makes three. We say happy Merry Christmas and a podcast that's we. We love us some gritty gritty. We love us. As I was saying last week, I uh, got head cage. Um, before hearing the whole thing, which is rare nowadays, you can hear everything all the time on the internet. And I guess I was in a record shopping mood and I just went out and bought it instead of 
uh, checking it out. So I had heard like, I think just uh, Army of Cops when I bought it. But I love this band. I have yet to hear, although they, they some of their um, past album art is a bit sketchy and um, makes me uncom- uncomfortable. But I was I was happy to see that this one had no um, uh, blatant violence uh, toward women happening on the cover. Um, it's a little bit more uh, of a I don't know what you would call it. A sophistication since I seem to like that word tonight. Um, but you know, it's, it's extreme music. And sometimes I like music because it's extreme and I don't, it doesn't actually have to be, uh, pleasing in any way, but this is a case where it's super, it's one of the most extreme things I listen to. And I think the songwriting is amazing. And a lot of times, uh, like vocal style has to be right for me to get into music this heavy. And the singer from this band has this like desperation and depravity that I've really never heard done in the same way. Um, So I was, I was curious to know what you thought about it, knowing that you're, this would probably not be something you would pick up. Um, Yeah. I haven't, I don't know that I would have just like, been referred this album or this band unless I was listening to something similar, maybe because of high on fire being, you know, in my Spotify playlist, you know how they send you things you might like because of the algorithms and such. Yeah. Like Jason Emraz, like Jason Emraz. If you like high on fire, you would love it. <laughs> uh, so the one thing that I did see right away is that this band is notable because they have a lot of, politics and their lyrics and their message mm. and they've been called like a political oriented band in the in the past but that with this record and maybe the last couple they've kind of steered away from being political with the lyrics and maybe more poetic and straightforward or uh where it's really up for the listener to determine or interpret so i checked out the lyrics right away because that kind of piqued my interest and I wanted to see if I could get a sense of what they're all about. Um, the first thing, obviously the name pig destroyer, I've made an assumption that it was possibly referring to law enforcement officials. And I checked the Wikipedia and I was correct. (laughs) It's funny because I remember, I can't uh, verify this, but, uh, without maybe I could with some research, but I, I thought I remembered them being interviewed in the nineties reading that, um, they were asked that question. Like, is this about, is your name about cops? And they were like, no, what do you, what do you mean? (laughs) They're, they cop to it now. I think like, uh, the article said that they were going to be more straightforward than that, but then they decided to not, you know, say cop or police. But I mean, what you just said, that sounds to me like when you get interviewed and asked the same question a bunch, like you start playing with the interviewers and like messing with them. Like, tell me something about Delaware. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is is your name about cops? No. What are you talking about? No. Mm -mm. We should say too, that um, we've ended up with two uh, Baltimore area bands that's yeah that is weird yeah yeah and, and going through the lyrics i think they reference like s- some towns that seem familiar just because they're kind of in this region of the country um 
So when I went through the lyrics on genius.com, I don't mean to plug them, but they had this whole album available. Um, I found various themes of like going against societal norms, repetition patterns that they find to be upsetting um, thoughts on society as if they're floating above society on the astral plane and just kind of giving their thoughts and commentary. Um, but it also checked what I called the, the metal checklist. <laughs> uh, like various, if, if you mention uh, skeletal steeds <laughs> or burning flesh at any point in your record, I'm going to check a box on the metal checklist. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the album artwork and you see a skull right away, I'm going to check the box. So let's talk about that for a second. The album artwork, it's like pig destroyer in some sort of typeface that's been affected by the smoke that's <laughs> rising above it. It's like that it's the only application of that uh style uh lettering that is acceptable to me. Like any other I could see it being on um a band from uh psychopathic records. Um it's kind of clown clowny, like mm-hmm. evil clowny, but for whatever reason in their name, it's perfect. And I have no problem with it. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's very kind of clowny and even, I don't know, even without that, the person's like silhouette over it, it would, it would seem weird to me. Like, <laughs> but in front of the lettering, it's the, it's like a person and their head is kind of all shaded in black, but you see the skull, um, you know, like a decayed skull shining through and then the hands in front are kind of smoking. There's, uh, they're on fire. They're like, they've just been put out and there's smoke rising off of them. It's a vape um, actually. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this album's just about vaping. I found out later. Uh, but to me that checks the metal checklist and. Oh, for sure. Now when I hear metal, I look for, I look for skeletal steed. <laughs> I look at the album artwork. <laughs> Any burning flesh here? Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Check. And so this this band is the genre that people refer to it as grindcore, and I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that as a term, so I had to um, research that. It was a good fifteen minutes. <laughs> and, and so they're saying that's like a combination of metal and punk. And I don't, I don't like where do these, who comes up with these classifications for various types of music, and is that a job that, like, how does that, how does that work? Like, do, would you like I don't to apply? It. Yeah. What. Ooh, I mean, I want to grind, but ooh, but uh, I don't ooh, gritty it me. I don't. I don't think you're ready for this job. I'm not ready. I don't understand how this came to be. But um, the the thing that reminded me of punk bands is the fact that on several of the songs, more than just the vocalists will sing the same line of the song at the same time, and that felt very punk to me. Um, and that, I like that a lot. You mean gang, like gang vocals? Yeah. Is that how you refer to that? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've, I heard that multiple times throughout mm-hmm. the album. And I, I thought like that really enhanced the, the lyrics. Were there any videos for this record? Did you check? I didn't watch any videos, mm-hmm. but I'm, I would assume yes. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I wanted to read some of the lyrics because it just like the one that really checked the metal box first. I want to read that. It's just a line from, uh, I forget which song it is now. It might be, uh, I forget, but it's crack the whip in the torture, oh, in the torture fields is a song. Crack the whip in the torture fields. 
Hail the wrong, praise the obscene, death upon its skeletal steed, into the fields I step, lit by mounds of burning flesh. <laughs> uh, and then I just wanted to read this song called Adventures of Jason and JR in its entirety because it's kind of short, but it just was like a totally, it felt like a non sequitur, like weird tangent. Um, okay. Jason and I were on our way to see Iron Lung when some bug-eyed stranger handed us the Constitution. We thought he was either insane or high till a sniper on a rooftop killed the poor guy. Before we knew it, we were under attack by Dick Cheney in his Halliburton jetpack. (laughs) We ran for our lives straight into the clutches of the FBI, but we were rescued by the actor Michael Ironside. He, (laughs) He explained the whole cloak and dagger scheme. He called in the Swedish lesbian commando team. (laughs) After the final battle in the the Illuminati secret base, we had Kautong tacos from a food truck in Chevy Chase. (laughs) Sounds like just a regular night in D.C. Right. And that's what was funny because like I I did hearing it in the car and on headphones, I was able to like pull out what he was saying better than like high on fire to use them as another example. Not that they're the only other metal band I've listened to, (laughs) but um, I was able to like understand the lyrics a little bit better with pig destroyer. And, but even so like reading the lyrics, like I didn't, I didn't hear this. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't pick up on any of that. And I've listened to this a lot. It's weird. And there's a lot of weird little things happening on different songs. And I wanted to, recognize a few of them like the songs um was it circle river i think that yeah at the beginning it sounds like they it even sounded like somebody's like kevin <laughs> really yeah no they're like get the fuck out of here with that and then like <laughs> the song starts up again and i don't i swear they said kevin and it was weird to me because that's like another name i use sometimes <laughs> paul is dead yeah uh there's also at the like the first intro song. It's kind of like we are not held responsible for the sounds you experience while listening to this record, or like any ear uh, problems that may arise. They brought sampling from the '90s clear into 2018 in a way that's not, for me anyway, like really effective and not corny, um, which is crazy because that's not really a style of hardcore that's I don't hear it much anymore, but they're like, we basically invented this stuff. So we're still going to do it. Yeah. And they've been around for a long time. Correct. Like, yeah, I think, I think since the nineties, I couldn't tell you exactly um, when, but 96 maybe. Uh, And I guarantee like any other context, like this, this line from the end of the first intro song would seem corny. Now they'll know why they are afraid of the dark. Now they'll learn why they fear the night. They shall all drown in lakes of blood. But when they use it in that song, it works. Totally. And then the, like the next song kind of bleeds right into it. And it's a crazy double bass drum, which I must say the drummer hats off because that's, it's so crazy how fast that is totally on most of the songs respect. So I found it to be pretty accessible. Um, I found it helpful when I, like we didn't, we had an issue where we didn't think we were going to get into this house we got into and it was the right music at the right time, which is what usually what happens with this podcast. 
Did you put it on and practice karate? Oh yeah. I, I mean, you can usually see, if you see me during the day, I do karate from noon to three <laughs> weekdays. That's a long time. Are you pretty black belt? No, nah, I almost get my yellow once. <laughs> so you're still at white then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the songs I'm going to add are Circle River, The Torture Fields, and the, the last song. Here's my haiku. Who am I to say anything about something? Guess I'll go eat worms. <laughs> Was it? Were you referencing that uh, uh, nobody likes me? Everybody hates me. Yeah. I was singing that to somebody recently and they didn't, they had never heard the song before. Yeah. I don't know where. Um, but yeah, I, I remember singing that as a kid. I learned it at summer camp. Yeah. I don't, I think it is it like a folk. It's like a song that's ingrained in most kids. Yeah. Memories. I don't know. I thought this was a good album and I enjoyed it and I would listen to it again. So I'll give it the three bugs in there. Sweet. I think, um, I would, enjoy listening to their other albums i recommend uh phantom limb phantom limb okay i'll check it out so i thank you for giving me this fine christmas music (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome merry christmas christmas is here now you know it's fucking here again i love that sound Fucking joyful and triumphant. Thank you for listening to OK Time. This is episode 20. We just want to take a minute and say, yeah, we hope you have a happy holidays from everybody at OK Time. Carl, Steve, and Sarah, have a happy holiday. Um, hopefully this comes out tomorrow, which is today, Christmas Eve. Take a minute, respect yourself, respect your family, buy them a nice little home iPod home and listen and then buy them, a, knit them a sweater. Leave us a five-star review or a four or a three if that's your thing on Apple iTunes or wherever. You can follow me and Carl Grash at social media, G-C-A-R-L-G-R-A-T-I-O-T. You can follow Steve at Hereford on Instagram. Our intro and outro music is provided by the Hokkaido Concern of Newark's Delaware. And, um, you know, we hope you enjoyed this program. It's produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings. Thank you so much for listening for over 20 weeks. Now we, we hope you continue to listen. Did you know that it's easy to come up with a podcast name? The easiest way is to just put your address in the last four years. So that combination <laughs> together is a good podcast name. My Pete, your balls are moist and sweaty.